welcome everyone to the next episode of the Women's Energy Council podcast series. I speak to Doris Capuro this afternoon, president at Luft Energia. Over the next 30 minutes, I'll speak to Doris about how she created her own story and her own strength after becoming an orphan at a very young age, the lessons she learned as a true entrepreneur and how she transferred those skills into a large corporation when she worked at YPF, the transformational role of networking for women in the industry, the importance of including renewables into the energy mix and the changing balance of investment portfolios, as well as the need to ensure that leaders today show both masculine and feminine attributes. So Doris, can you tell me, first of all, just a little bit about you? Where did your journey start? Okay, first, thank you for the time you're taking. I hope to honor and that it is worth to have this conversation for everybody who is going to hear it. Um, I live in Buenos Aires. I was born in Buenos Aires, but my parents, both of them, were immigrants from Germany. They escaped from Germany in the Second World War, just the year before Hitler took care of the government in Germany. And so I was born, but, but really educated in, in more in German. I went to a German school here in Argentina, and my parents, as Europeans, didn't want me to, we didn't have, for example, television at home because they thought that I cannot, we cannot lose time looking to advertising. And, and after many years, I studied sociology and became, the, uh, created and founded my advertising agency. They, so sometimes what parents want doesn't fit to the end of the story. <laughs> but really what the impact of my life is that my parents died when I was six, when my mother died, and 10 when my father died. So I had to create my own strength and my own gestion or management of my, although we had the help of a very good friend of my mother who took us and we raised there. Uh, nevertheless, I feel that I made my own path in the life and so this is where I come from being an orphan <laughs> and make my own story which as I said at the beginning I started working in creating an advertising agency which became one of the largest agencies in Argentina and uh, finally I sold it to a French international group and that's the beginning of my, my story, which is nothing to do with energy. But <laughs> afterwards, I switched totally and started like a new life. Wow, that is not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I think, would you say then that that kind of start to life, that difficult start has, has maybe given you some real kind of entrepreneurial skills? I think so. That's the reason why, uh, because we are talking, uh, we, we will talk about the hurdles and the difficulties for women, particularly sometimes to achieve their objectives. And sometimes the difficulties in life can help to get out the strength also. So I really think that some of the entrepreneurship spirit that I have inside is the same spirit I had for my own life. I, with the schools that I chose and with the university and all my career is signed with the, perhaps the, my difficulty to have uh, bosses. 
I need to be my own boss. <laughs> and that's what happened. And so I, I, when I created the agency, I really had the awareness that how important in life for everything, not to make an advertising spot, but to transmit anything is the communication and the interactivity. And so all what I learned in my first time, professional time, which was the agency, I could afterwards use it in my energy life. So I feel that I made a transition, not as the energy transition, but as a life transition. And after I sold my agency to a French group, I created a consultant company related to business, to marketing. I had a non-compete with advertising. So I had a time where, where I went to Washington to learn in the Graduate School of Political Management about uh, strategies, about communication and marketing and business strategies. And then I had a very important consultant. And because of what happened in Argentina in, nine, in 2012, I started in YPF as a consultant to create, YPF is the largest oil and gas company in Argentina. At that time, I really knew very little about energy. Almost, I would say nothing or not nothing, what normal people know in general. And as a consultant, I recreated the identity of YPF, uh, having declined with the production of oil and gas in the years before. And we it was like restarting the company, restarting the production profile of the company, the identity of being a private company, although owned in the majority shareholders by the state. And so I thought that we had like a mission that was the challenge to align the national and state interests in the hydrocarbon industry and needs of the country in energy and to honor the private shareholders of the company. And that was the mission, how you can make a profitable company and give results to the shareholders, but also be aligned with the interests and needs of the country. This was like my mission as a consultant. But then the president of the company said, you need to come in and leave your consultant company and come and be the vice president of YPF. Because if you don't do this, I will quit. <laughs> and then I, I had no choice at that moment in Argentina. And although I had a very important consultant company with many clients, I left my company in the hands of my people and went to be an employee, important, but an employee in a company, which I never have been. I always was an entrepreneur. And it was difficult in a so big company as YBF almost handled by young engineers, men, to create like a very important change and transformation of the company. You know that at that moment, until I was in YPF, I always thought that the difficulties for women to get in important jobs in every part of the world was like an invention of the women, didn't want to work. I always thought that it was not true because in the advertising agent, in the world of advertising and the more intellectual, more liberal, more progressive world, it was 
not such a thing as discrimination with women. So I, I really, and as I was the founder of the agency, I had at least 50 or 60% of women working in the agency. But suddenly I discovered not so many years ago when I was in YPF that the machism, I don't know how to say it in English, the discrimination of women by men was really a visual and, and a fact. So I had to do a great job to defend all women inside the YPF and to take more leadership and more active presence. And there were many good engineers, women, but never occupying an important job inside the company. So it was like a discoverment for me to find out yeah. that really... Really, there are industries where men are the leaders and women cannot find really out how to get their own important place. That was less than 10 years ago that you started working at YPF. You were there for three or four years. Did you see any change in that short time whilst you were there? And do you see change since then today? Yes, I think that there are changes all over the world. And nevertheless, the great changes in having women in important jobs, you are an example, is there has to be some laws and some things to really change because it is part of the empowerment we can get and help other women. So we need that networking and that help. And in, in YBF, right now there is a woman in charge of Upstream. And I published at that time a picture in the front page of a newspaper with all the women engineers we had in the company. And we made a, an important work in, in trying to empower women. And now, nevertheless, there are not enough I don't think now there is no woman in the board of directors of the company. In the whole country, we have only 10% of women in the boards of companies in general, according to a KPMG report very recently made on Argentina. And there, for example, in the association of the largest companies in Argentina, among the 25 members of the board, there is only one woman. So... There is a progress. There are some laws coming out trying to force the average, the percentage of women in boards. But nevertheless, there is still a great work to do. I realized that we made an effort, but not enough or we had not enough time to have women on board on the oil and gas companies in general in, in our country. This is happening almost all over the world and that is changing because of the laws where they are i don't know obliging to have x percent of women in in the boards which yeah. is happening in germany in norwegian everywhere in the world and now it will also happen in argentina i don't like really i wouldn't like to be a uh, choose because of a law and not because of our own strength, capacity, professionality, and our own attributes. So I really personally don't, would prefer that we would have come to that stage alone, not alone, altogether. Yeah. But as it is not happening, and I realize 
that it is difficult. For example, in the last month, I now continue relating with the energy business, with investment in energy, mainly in renewables. After I left YPF, I decided to create my own company focused in renewable energy. While I was in, in YPF, I wanted to help to do the transformation of YPF as a only oil and gas company to an energy company and to help as a leader company of Argentina to transform the energy matrix and introduce renewable energy in the whole energy system in Argentina. We are a country totally dependent of oil and gas. And when I said this at the committee of seven oil engineers and myself, I said, we should have a vice president for renewable energy, which I didn't want it to be myself because I was, <laughs> but I thought we should have somebody focused in starting the renewable process in Argentina as the energy leader company. And they looked at me and said, oh, go to the green movement. What are you doing here in an oil and gas company? And they really looked at me as if I would have said a nonsense. Nevertheless, I fought a lot to make that transformation. And today, YPF has a company, the most important company in, in renewable energies in Argentina. So I put my little stone to start that process. And finally, we have a, a national company that is not only oil and gas, but also helping in the, in the renewable transition. So after I left YPF, I wanted to start my own company in renewables. And that is what I did after leaving YPF. And nevertheless, as I just was telling you, last month I had an investor that wanted to invest in Argentina. And I, we started all the conversation with women in charge of new business in the company. And the when the project was becoming interesting really for the company, they really put her out and all the men in charge, they discriminated her really. And I realized really still it is difficult for women to find their place and be real players in the game. I'm sure that story resonates with so many professional women who will be listening to this. What do you think can be done? What can and who can drive that change? Where does it come from? I think that we need to have an awareness of ourselves, how to say, difficulties and our of what we can stand for and what where we need help. If we want to emulate the way men conduct their leadership, we are going to fail. Because it is not a matter that we became with a style of leadership of men, uh, precisely where we can add value and make a big important transformation of the companies, mainly in energy, is to take the good attributes of masculinity which are, let me say, for example, what are the attributes we have in mind when we speak of the masculine attributes? They take more risks. I would say the positives one. They are very focused. They work for objectives, precision. They are more competitive, rational. Um, and what are the attributes of feminism, perhaps, 
we are more connected, we are more inclusive, we take care more, we work less with, with directions and work more with, with a leadership of empathy. Uh, we, accept, we should and accept the others and the experience of others. And we are less focused and more holistic in our mm. view of things. And it is not a matter of winning the attributes that the men have. It, in my view, we and, and the companies are really a benefit if they take the diversity of both attributes. So it is the way we can gather and make a, a, a balance of those attributes and, and we take we can take some of the masculine as men need to take some of the feminine because if there are some service for example in companies that if, if, if people prefer the leadership of women and like 54 percent say in some companies where there are women leadership they prefer the way women are leaders if they don't take the total masculine way of leadership. Yeah. So we have a challenge to be ourselves and to combine the best attributes of what normally is said are the attributes of the masculine and the feminine side. And if companies take both, I'm sure they will make a better job. I want to ask you about Energia. So obviously you mentioned that you had this thought process around the importance of renewables whilst you were still at YPF and then leaving, moved in to create your own organization, your own business. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about that. I said when I was in YPF, it was like a very important learning period for me. Not only learning energy, but learning also the difficulties of the energy process, the needs to transformation of all the process to make it more efficient, to create opportunities with renewables, to give electricity and make our own oil and gas operation more sustainable. And it was the time in which Argentina really put in value our most important natural resource in oil and gas, which is Vaca Muerta, the unconventional, unconventional energy. You know that we in Argentina have like the second and third oil yeah. and yeah. gas reserves in unconventional. And at that time, we started to make it happen and to make it sustainable in an economic, environmental and social way. So we also worked in changing the vocabulary because I had a discussion with the all the engineers saying that if we are going to frack the mother rock, we are not going to succeed. So we also have to change a word that is horrible and hearing for all the, so we are not fracking, we are really stimulating the rock with water to get out the oil and gas, which is cramped inside the rock. So in, in that time, I really learned a lot and learned a lot of the necessity to make a transformation in the energy process in Argentina because if you consider the impact in deaths with the COVID-19, there are much less deaths with the COVID that with the impact of the warming climate and the climate change. So it is 
right now that it is only more visible for people because it's in the front page of the newspapers and it is in the in television every day how many people die from COVID. And, but if you consider the hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions people dying or starving because of lack of water, of lack of health, because of the climate or the warming climate, it is much more than the COVID. And normally we are not doing so much we should. In the last 60 years, the, the climate is every year more more warm and and so I, I i really thought we need to do something and so i started my company at the beginning the leader of another important private company in argentina when i left ypf he offered me to handle a very important company in oil and gas and i said no 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 look i want to be part and a player in the transformation of in the transition to the energy and to the helping to grow renewable and I offered him instead, look, instead you hire me because I don't want to be your employee. I prefer you hire my company, which at that time I didn't have really, <laughs> but I, was, <laughs> I had it in my, in my mind. And I said, look, I, I'm starting my own company. Hire me and I help your company to get to the renewable business. And so many months after, I started Luftenergia, which is the company, with already with a contract in which I helped this company to grow in the energy, in the renewable energy process. Because at the end of my time in YPF, the government presented a law in which they introduced the, it is the renewable law because at that time we almost had nothing in renewables in all Argentina and the 23rd of September which is my birthday of uh, 2015 the law was approved by unanimity in the Congress that Argentina has to make a transformation in the energy matrix and so this they started a process in renewable and then the new government put it in place and made a tender process and I working for that company we won 100 megawatt project which was the first project we entered in production in the province of Buenos Aires it's a wind project that is now working very good and injecting renewable energy and, and the transmission lines in Argentina. So the, that was the starting. And now after that, uh, we presented a loan without the company, but with the support of an important American fund, 600 megawatts in the next tender process. But we lost them because of a price issue. We thought that we need a better return for the investors we could get. And those who won, to me, won, they didn't could accomplish their project because they put numbers that were not enough for the financing of those projects. So after that, the economy in Argentina failed and everything was like stopped. The good news is that yesterday or the day before yesterday, Argentina signed an agreement with the debt holders. So perhaps we can start again. Fantastic. That's great news. You mentioned, obviously, kind of the impact of COVID and, of course, the impact on and the impact of climate change. Over the last kind of six or seven months, I suppose many hurdles have been thrown at the energy industry with regard, you know, the coronavirus. Do you think that the impact of COVID means that there'll be an acceleration in the energy transition or will it lead actually to a deceleration? 
really some media and analysts try to demonstrate that the immediate impact of the in, in lowering the gas emissions during the coma the world coma that we are we live and are still living through the COVID was like a positive signal. But all the crises in the, in the world, like the 2008 and 2009 crisis, demonstrate that after the recuperation, all the trends come in the same way. So I'm really not so, so optimistic that the forces that drive the climate warming will stop after this COVID. I think that it is we and the people in the energy business that have to be aware of the transformation which is needed. And there are some things that are going to, through to the pathway towards the transformation of the global energy sector from fossil-based to zero carbon, but it will not happen till the second half of this century. And all the efforts that are being made are not enough. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm negative, but I think that is a lot to be done yet to make the transformation and the COVID itself will not help to do it faster. We need to create more awareness. And what is really driving all the oil and gas business is the business. And what is moving now very faster, the business of the renewable, is that we are getting more competitive with the oil and gas. And so this is what is what makes me positive, that thanks to the technology, the innovation and the transformation, and hopefully the storage of the solar and the wind energy, as you know, what is the real problem to getting the renewable energy to be more worldwide funded is the intermittency. I don't know if I'm saying it good in English, but that we don't have a solar energy where in the night where the sun is not shining and we don't have wind when the wind is not shining. And we need energy in a sustainable way all the time. So, but the storage of the energy of the sun, of the wind energy is increasing and it is already there. We have to make it affordable massively and that will really change the energy matrix. So I think that the, the automobile industry is changing very fast and unless that what we can imagine, the, all the industry and also the, the plane industry will change when we can get the storage of energy and that will make a really game changer to have the energy in a lower price than the electricity that comes from the fossil fuels that is already happening and that will happen i think in less than decades more in years than in decades that it will be more competitive and when this happens this will change the matrix more than the covid <laughs> And obviously, you know, we speak to a lot of investors every day about kind of their opinions on returns in the renewable industry, etc. In your conversations with investors, are you starting to see a change in, in them and in their interest as well? Yes, I, I really find many investors interested to make a balance in their own investments and they like and need also from a reputation stand of view to invest in renewables. So 
the consumer are demanding renewables more than the companies. And so there are a change in the companies. If we look all the websites of the oil and gas companies, almost all have in their front page, let's say front page in a, a TIG way to say with the newspapers, but in their homepage, they speak about the energy transition and the needs to invest in renewables. And this is because they don't, they need to innovate and to learn from that process because this is what is going to happen. Renewables are going to be to lead in the future. And so everybody needs to make the learning process. So investors and many funds, not only oil and gas funds, general funds are asking and trying to learn and to invest in renewable energies. So our problem, our particular problem in Argentina is most more the economic context in Argentina, where we have a country risk of 2,000 and basic points. And so we have like a difficult economic context, which I hope will change after the very good news that the government had an arrangement and an agreement with the debt, with the foreign debt holders. So this is our main constraint, not the, the energy itself, because we have the in the north of Argentina, the second best solar in the world and the best wind in the Patagonia in the south. I don't know if you know Argentina, but we always can be proud of having good natural resources. Our problem are the human to make it possible and to make it, it happen. It's often the humans that cause <laughs> the biggest problems. <laughs> But I can, yes, I can definitely guarantee that there is wind in Patagonia. <laughs> I've experienced it firsthand. <laughs> really, there is so much wind. And you know that with one hour of sun in the whole world, if we can get the sun together and storage it, we would have one year of all the electricity we need in the world. So we cannot discuss anymore intellectually the importance of the renewables as the fossil. And I'm not saying because I have worked, as you know, and, and I'm working also trying to help investors to invest in Vaca Muerta. I think that we need as Argentine to put, to add value to what we have as a natural resource. And we cannot say we are not going to, to try to put everything on place. So what we need really in Argentina right now is to bring investors. When we brought the first two billion of investment for Vaca Muerta, it was with a Chevron company. And I asked the president at that time of the company, how is it that you have no fear to invest in Argentina? Everybody has fear because of the political situation and the context. And he said, look, for really oil people, the only risk is under the earth, under the ground. What happens above the ground, that goes and, and will change. So the really risks are if you have the natural resources and you can change the above of the ground problems to make investment possible. For sure. Well, listen, as we as we come to the end of this, I, you know, you've had a, a very diverse career starting in advertising and moving into marketing and then obviously into oil and gas and now energy. 
what would you say is is the one career goal that you still have on your to-do list this is a good question I have so many things pending in my life. <laughs> I feel that everything is pending yet. I'm very curious of everything. I learn every day something more and I'm curious to, to do it. So I really in my company right now, although I've got to bring an international investor to the country in the renewable project and I gather a very strong Argentine company with an international one. I feel that I would like to bring a lot of investments in Argentina to help to the energy transition and to make of the energy in Argentina one of the main assets to recover the economic growth we need to make our country and the, the big opportunities we have for private investments. So I feel that although I started my company four years ago, it needs to grow and to make more projects possible. I like to bring together developers with investors, consultants, specialists, technicians with, with opportunities. So this is what I like most and have worked in an important networking in Argentina to do that. So there are many things. We can talk like five hours. I think everything, I need to learn more. I need to do things better and, and also work in other, although focused, but, but in other projects towards technology, innovation. I think that the world is changing so fast that all what we know is already obsolete in, in terms of technology and and I really like to be part of the transition, not only in energy, but also technology, working, everything. Yeah, and they, they certainly all will come together. Well, Doris, thank you so much for your time. It was so interesting, uh, fascinating speaking to you about, about what you've been doing and your thoughts on, on the industry, both now and, and in the future. So, so thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for the time. I hope I have honored your interest that we can do some things together.